you are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. All right, everybody, welcome, welcome, welcome to this crossover edition on the Locked On Podcast Network, Locked On Vikings, Locked On Cowboys, primetime Sunday night football. It is about to get weird. I'm Luke Braun. I'm with Locked On Vikings. Marcus Mosher here with Locked On Cowboys. Uh, so Marcus, what's up, dude? It's good to talk to you about not fantasy. <laughs> I was gonna say, how's your fantasy team doing, Luke? But no, we yeah. don't have to go there. Uh, Ooh, I don't want to go nice there. Little plug, you check out uh, Locked On NFL every Tuesday. We uh, do a nice little fantasy segment on there. But yep, uh, look, it's uh, it's been a weird season so far for your Vikings, and I want to ask you some questions about this team. Are you ready? Never do it. Yeah. <laughs> I know people want us to start out with Kirk Cousins and where Kirk, you know, how he's playing this year. But that's not actually what I want to get to. I want to talk about the Vikings secondary because mm-hmm. a little beat up, right? No Patrick Peterson in this game. How has mm-hmm. the rest of the secondary played so far this year? Uh, it sure is a problem. Um, so Bashad <laughs> Breland started out abysmal, and over yeah. the last three games, he's been a lot better. So I, I think there's some scheme familiarity stuff. The Vikings are having him play differently than what he did in Green Bay or with the Chiefs or any of the other places he's played. So he might have, maybe he's turned the corner. Uh, maybe he's inconsistent. It has not been enough time to know which. Cameron Dantzler also has had, we're going to go with focus problems, um, is the <laughs> way that coaches have been kind of selling it. But he's been up and down as well so those are your main two corners no patrick peterson he was by far the best corner um on ir so those are the two corners and basically the whole theme of like my shows this week is going to be do not let them get you get these two guys one-on-one because that's what dak that's what mike mccarthy's wanted since 2009 right and the thing with the cowboys is they have more than just two receivers right like yeah they got dalton schultz and (laughs) yeah Michael Gallup is supposed to be back this week. Cedric Wilson is a really competent number four receiver. So if the Vikings are forced to kind of go deep into their depth chart at cornerback, who else are we going to see on the field? Yeah. So, well, there's Mackenzie Alexander. He's the slot. He probably will be the best D back on the field or best corner on the field. Not the best. There's Harrison Smith still second best D back on the field though. He's been fantastic. Um, So the, the, if you're the Cowboys, you probably are more interested in attacking the outside than the slot. Um, and then if you need to go dime, I guess that brings on Chris Boyd, who is a third-year player out of Texas. He was a seventh-round pick. He's very much backup quality. You have Harrison Hand, who's a special teamer, also very much backup quality, kind of backup nickel type. So I guess it depends on the formation or whatever. Um, those are the other two corners on on the roster, and then you're starting to get into practice squad guys. But those are both two kind of young yep. corners that are also you know, very much backup quality guys. But yeah, if you want to go four wide and see if we respond with dime, um, you might find a mismatch there for sure. Uh, we should also mention two former Cowboys that are now playing for your Vikings. I don't even know if we can count Everson Griffin as a former Cowboy. I guess oh, we true. can. Oh, true. Revenge he, game. Yeah, for revenge game. <laughs> I for forgot. Who? For Dallas <laughs> or for Griffin. Uh, the other one is Xavier Woods. Uh, was the safety yeah. for the Cowboys for a long time. How has he played in his first year with the Vikings? Um, so he's, I think he's been pretty good. He's uh, weird to evaluate. The coaches are 
over the moon about him. They all they they can't stop gushing about his communication and how he yep. he picked up everything right away. Um, and Andre Patterson, defense co-defensive coordinator, just gave a, a great quote about how like so usually we have Harrison Smith be the one to kind of recognize routes, making checks, making calls, kind of being the audibling quarterback of the defense. Um, and Xavier Woods can take some of that off of Harrison Smith and is able to execute those tasks as well. And we never had that. Anderson Dejo, who you're also familiar with, didn't yeah. do that. Um, you know, all the other Anthony Harris, great player. He didn't really do that, though. So yeah. Xavier Woods and, and kind of the mental side has been awesome. He's been a shoddy tackler, I think. Um, but he's just he's, not very big. Yeah. And he leaves his feet a lot and he kind of yeah. has a lot of wild, you know, angles have been hit or miss. Um, but I think he's been good filling in the run when it's, you know, when he just has to come in and like fill a gap when he's filling from up high. Um, and he's, you know, made a fair number of good plays had a pick against Kyler Murray. So, um, he's been pretty good. Yeah. And Everson Griffin has been fantastic. Right. And Cowboy fans know this, like he's always been underqualified to be like the best safety on a team, but if he's your second best safety, He's pretty good. Like he can do a yeah. lot of different things and he can be a, a nice little interchangeable player. So it's yeah. nice to see him thriving well, because I think he's somebody with the Cowboys that didn't always get the credit he deserves, but yeah. uh, let's go ahead and talk about the offense, right? Kirk cousins, Dalvin cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. I mean, there's some weapons on this team. Why hasn't the offense been better this year? Yeah. So they've been better than I think they look, <laughs> um, but they've had problems with so Dalvin Cook hasn't been healthy. He missed a couple games that really hurt. Um, Adam Thielen's had a couple of stinkers, but he had a good game against Carolina. Um, so I think that was just a little bit of a slow patch. I don't I don't think he's lost a step or anything. Um, but then you know you double Justin Jefferson and things fall apart. Kirk Cousins has been inconsistent. But here's that the offense is very quick hitting. It's right now it's working a lot like, gosh, the old the Drew Brees at the end of his career kind of get the ball out quick sort of stuff. Um, and a lot of those concepts, they've moved way away from play action. This is not the team y'all played in 2019. That was bootlegs and um, and all that (laughs) stuff. They still have a million cover three beaters. So we're going to talk about Dan Quinn, but, uh, Mm. but, Mm. but it's, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's not the play. There's still a lot of shot plays and and they still do the zone running game. And the thing that, that Dalvin cook's been so good at, but it's a lot more get the ball out quick and kill you West coast kind of spread style. Which the Cowboys will love, and we can certainly talk about that in a little bit because this yeah. is a team that still really struggles with play action passes. So thank goodness we don't we're not gonna be seeing that as much this week. I mean so. they do some, they just backed off it a lot. It was like yeah. their identity. Like well, they're not the Browns, you know. Yeah. Oh, I mean, but that's the thing that's frustrating, I think, with the, the Vikings is I think you know they were at their best when they were using a ton of play action, but uh it's for a different time and a different discussion. So we're gonna talk about the Cowboys, uh, Luke, a little bit. So why don't you go ahead and uh, give me some of your questions? Just wanted to tell you guys about rockauto.com. It's a family business that has been serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. 
write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. Sure thing. All right. Crossover Thursday here. I'm Luke Brown with Locked On Vikings. Uh, Mark Smosha here with Locked On Cowboys. So, yeah, let's talk a little bit about the Cowboys. And I guess, well, now I want to talk about the defense because I have not looked much into the defense. All I know is it's Dan Quinn, so I'm assuming Pete Carroll cover three stuff. Um, But correct me if I'm wrong there, Mm -hmm. I guess. is. I I will. We'll actually start right there. This defense is completely different than really than traditional okay. Seattle. They run the lowest amount of cover three in the NFL through seven. Wow, weeks, which is he shocking, moved away. Right, I think Dan Quinn kind of used some of the time off when he got fired from the Falcons last year to kind of reevaluate some of the things he did and, and the things he did well and some old, of the things yeah. he didn't do well. This is a team that runs cover one more than any other team in the league. They're gonna they're gonna put guys at the line of scrimmage. They're gonna be using some exotic blitzes, a lot of man to man. I, I don't expect to see a lot of drop into cover three zone in this game at all. Interesting. Okay. So man to man and they, and you mentioned before they were struggling against play action, which I guess makes sense when it's man to man, you got to recover for a long time there and that can draw you out of position. Well, and they don't have the linebackers to do that. Like Michael Parsons is at his best when he's going forward. Same with Leighton Vanderash, same with Keanu Neal. Like they just don't mm-hmm. have the guys that, you know, have the instincts to, Hey, I'm going to drop really quickly and get in the zone and get into the passing lane. They just don't have the dudes to do that. Got you. Okay, so that that makes things really interesting because if you're going to just man up, well, then the, suddenly that's Jefferson and Thielen versus uh, Trevon Diggs and who, who's the other corner? Anthony Brown. Anthony Brown. Anthony Brown. Um, so I, how do you feel about those matchups? I mean, Trevon Diggs is like this superstar getting all these picks. Is he playing too risky, though? Like, is this going to keep up? I mean, I, how can you say he's playing too risky when he has, you know, seven interceptions already this year? I don't think that's possible, right? Uh, but he is a feast or famine cornerback. I think... Like the best example for him is like prime Antonio Cromartie, right? Where, yeah, he might get an interception in a game, but he's probably going to give up 80 yards and a touchdown. But with the way the Cowboys offense is playing, that's okay. Because that all works. they want to do is steal a couple possessions, right? Gotcha. Uh, so the matchup for Dallas is not great. Thielen and Jefferson should just cook in this game. But Dallas is going to try to be optimistic. You know, they're going to try to get some turnovers. They're going to force Kirk Cousins into some bad throws. They're going to, they're going to, Diggs is going to jump a route or two and they're okay living with, you know, giving up 24, 27 points. Got you. So yeah, you're, you're jumping routes, you're playing blitzes, you're playing this crazy aggressive thing and it's kind of, yeah, live or die on it. So is that what's, what's, I mean, there are so many games where the defense is giving up a ton of points. Is that what's happening where they're just taking all these risks and the teams that can punish them will punish them? Well, it's a combination of that and they've had the lead in just about every single game so far. They've had the lead more, almost twice as much through six games as they did. So some garbage time scoring and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So teams are just putting up a bunch of points in garbage time and that's okay. Um, I mean, again, I think even in a neutral game script, you can get yards on this team. It's just, can you avoid making the big mistake on offense? Because if you do Cowboys offense is so good, they're going to capitalize on it. And you know, they can quickly turn Mm -hmm. a game from 14, 13 into 38, 13, which is what they did to the Panthers a couple weeks ago. So uh, they're not perfect. They're not going to get a turnover, two turnovers every week, but they are opportunistic. God, that's such, that's the most fun way to play defense. That's the most fun defense to watch, huh? But you have to have an <laughs> offense that pairs well with that. You can't, right. you, can't you can't win games 16 to 19 that way. Right. They're just not going to yeah. win games that way. If it, listen, if this game is a 22 to 19 game, the Cowboys are probably going to lose. Yeah, well, that's Zimmer's best. In, that's <laughs> music to Zimmer's ears. He's probably going to want to play that kind of game. But I guess let's flip to the offense. 
because boy, those guys are scary. Holy crap, they're putting up 35 a game at least. What mm. in the world? Uh, so I guess I mean, look, Dak Prescott. We we're pretty familiar with him. He's got you know he does all the things you want quarterbacks to do, and he does them all well. Um, Ceedee Lamb, Amari Cooper, and stuff. Um, but I guess what I want to talk about is the run game. We spent a lot of time on my show yesterday talking about power run and how to defend power and stuff. Um, and it seems like, you know, they're one of the only teams with the horses to run, you know, pull two linemen out and, and run up, you know, power pound you in the mouth kind of thing and make explosive plays out of it. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. Tell me how this is working. Tell me about those backs. Well, it really helps that the offensive line is playing well this year. Tyron Smith is back and healthy. Zach Martin is healthy. Um, they also have two tight ends that they're not afraid to put out in the field and block, especially yeah. Dalton Schultz. Like He'll block your defensive ends. He'll block your linebackers. So that helps. They also have a pretty good offensive coordinator in Kellen Moore who's going to make you defend some weird things. Like I saw yeah. you tweet a, a picture the other day of Connor McGovern in the backfield, right? Like playing yeah, as a playing fullback. fullback and he pulled across the formation and, le- and he was a lead blocker. It was wild. And it's not just a, Hey, we're going to do this once and we'll be done with it. Like there'll be games where he'll play 10 snaps as a fullback. And I'll also say, Luke, rocks. Like, <laughs> yeah, there, there's going to be a snap this week. I'm just telling you right now where the Cowboys have seven offensive linemen on the field. And one oh, of them is Lyle Collins, who's just a man after my heart. They're going to try to bully the Vikings up front. Um, it hasn't always been successful. There are some teams that have done a better job at kind of limiting their first down run success, but it is awfully hard to stop over the course of four quarters. Well, then we're on Michael Pierce watch because he's still, uh, he was DNP on Wednesday's practice with uh, the elbow injury that's kept him out a few games. So still DNP on the other side of the bye. Mike Zimmer did say he expected him back quote pretty quick. So maybe he comes along later in the week. So we're, we're definitely going to for that. Plan. Good. Um, he's more of a pass rusher than I think we expected him to be. And against the run, he's been fine. Um, he's a, he's a player the Cowboys have had trouble with in the past, you know, playing inside the division. Zach Martin's even kind of had some troubles with him. So I'm keeping an eye on him in this one. Yeah. And the Vikings stole a lot of stuff schematically from Patrick Graham and the giants. Um, which I guess will come in handy in you know, a game where you've seen that defense go up against the Cowboys a million times. Um, but yeah, on the outside, of course, you've got all of these scary outside things, but then you've also got Cedric Wilson and you've got, you know, reasonable tight ends to throw to Michael Gallup, of course. Um, so I guess here's a, a more philosophical question. If the Cowboys offense can score any way they want, and they probably can against the Vikings, they'll take something away. But if the Cowboys got to dictate what sort of defense they go up against, what kind of game they're going to play on offense, just offense versus Vikings defense, is it a run heavy, you know, pound you in the mouth kind of game? Is it and, you know, find the one on ones, go explosive kind of game? That's always the way I've been familiar with Mike McCarthy, where he wants to find a one on one and, you know, throw it over the top of you for 60. I think in this game, Dallas would love nothing more to protect Dak Prescott and not have him throw the ball a bunch and not have him move and just okay. run the ball down Minnesota's throat. However, I'm not sure that's going to work. And I'm not sure Dallas is going to completely lean into that for a couple things. Number one, Dak Prescott has actually had this game circled on the calendar for a while. Now you'll remember last year, Andy Dalton played and he beat the Vikings in 2019. They yeah. lost. I believe it was a Sunday night game. If, if and correct Dak me had the game of his life. He in that did game. have the game of his life but he felt like Jason Garrett kind of took that game away from him. You'll remember that he's late in the fourth quarter. Yes. Remember Tavon Austin fair catching a punt? And I do vividly. I was beside yeah. myself. I couldn't yeah, believe and, they let us do that. And after the game, Jason Garrett threw Tavon Austin under the bus. 
And that's when the Jason Garrett era was done in Dallas. That's when the, the I mean, the players completely were out on Garrett because Tavon Austin is somebody who the players absolutely loved. He was a great friend of Dak Prescott. And I think he was mad that they, they all felt upset that Jason Garrett lost them that game. I think Dak has a lot of revenge in this game. I think he wants to put on a show. Because right. otherwise, Luke, if this wasn't a Sunday night game against the Vikings and it was a Sunday afternoon game against the Lions, he's not playing. I'm, I'm just telling you, he's not playing. Oh, so I he's going to play he through wants... the injury. That's the other thing. We'll yeah, probably talk about I, that in a little bit. I, I think he wants to put on a show in this one. Got you. Yeah, so I have a, a few more questions just generally and some some topics I think we can discuss, maybe even debate if we disagree on them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, let's get to that in just a little bit. All right, continuing on. It is Crossover Thursday here with Marcus Mosher. Uh, at Marcus underscore Mosher on Twitter from Lockdown Cowboys. I'm Luke Braun from Lockdown Vikings at Luke Braun NFL. Um, so, yeah, I guess we should probably talk about the, the Dak Prescott injury thing because I haven't even asked you about that. So he is – everybody seems really, really confident that he's going to play, but is he going to be 100%? No, he's not going to be 100%. And he might not be 100% for a while. These calf strains tend to linger. Um, yeah. But it is one of the positions where – Listen, you can play if you have a calf strain. It's not like receiver where we saw Michael Gallup miss six games. Right. You can it might play. not be as mobile. Right. Well, and here's the thing. The truth about Dak anyways is he's not really mobile anymore. Like you watch Dak Prescott this year run compared to in previous seasons. He's got a schoolyard gene though. Like that's the thing I'm worried about. <laughs> it, like I, don't, I, just, I mean, if he runs for 20 yards or whatever, I mean, I don't know. We've, we've let big running plays go to Matt Stafford before, but like it, this one, schoolyard I, think improv. Just, I think the ankle injury has zapped a lot of his quickness. And he's okay anymore just playing in the pocket. So I think that's what you're going to see in this game. You're not going to see a lot of play-action rollout stuff from him. It's going to be a lot of three- and five-step drops, get the ball out of his hands into the playmaker's hands. I I, I don't expect a 100% Dak Prescott at all. Yeah, and so Andre Patterson did a, a presser on Wednesday where he talked, he was asked kind of about like, hey, what do you do when you don't know how healthy the quarterback's going to be? And you don't know if he's going to be, you know, if you have to play contain on him or not, for example. Uh, he basically said he is prepared, they're preparing for full-on healthy Dak Prescott. And if he's not and, he, and he's playing different, they'll adjust. So that's interesting. They might end up kind of um, preparing the wrong way if he ends up kind of not having um the the full like repertoire that he usually has i I just would say if you've watched the tape at all from the first six or seven games this year he just doesn't really move outside the pocket much anymore he's just completely fine manipulating the pocket making throws with timing and anticipation and accuracy Mm -hmm. it's just i don't think it's that big of a deal compared to like 2016 dak prescott if he had this injury when he was a rookie it would have been awful. I don't know how the offense would have been able to function, but where he's at now in his career, I'm just not sure it's a big deal. Yeah, I have all these flashbacks of that 2019 game of Amari Cooper going up against Mike Hughes and catching impossible toe-tap sideline balls and everybody going, what a terrible cornerback play. It's like, what's he supposed to do? I know, I know. But that was like this crazy game. So that's what I, when I feel like, you know, okay, Dallas on Sunday night again, I'm thinking, okay, well, he's going to have the game. He's going to put up 450 and there's nothing you can do about it. And you're just going to have, but it seems like, this is such a like risk reward game, and, and the Vikings have a lot of want in this game too because they are they feel very doubted, and they yeah. are doubted, and maybe with good reason. But they feel very they feel like they're so much of a better team than they're getting credit for. So they have this stretch coming up. They've got Dallas, and then they have to face you know Lamar Jackson, Baltimore, Justin Herbert, Chargers, and then they get the Packers. So they have this crazy stretch going up that we're all really really worried about, and they're right. going all right, bring it, let's show, let's prove that we're a good team here. So I think both these teams are like real hungry. Yeah, I will also say this is a little plug for our Locked On Cowboy listeners, but Landon and I have been talking about this game all week, and we really think 
This is the toughest game left on the schedule for the Cowboys for a couple of different reasons. Number one, their schedule is really easy. And number two, the Vikings present some unique challenges, right? They're, they're a team that can stay completely balanced on offense. They're a team that can also run the ball. And we yeah. spoke about this all season. Like if a team is just fully committed to running the ball on Dallas, I think you can have a lot of success. Their, their run defense is not very good. They also lost Brent Urban, one of their best run stoppers this week due to an injury. Oof. I think this is going to be a really fun game, Luke, because He's how well Chicago, these teams right? match up against one another. He was from Chicago, right? Yes, and Baltimore yeah. for a little oh. bit. Yep, He was a low-key Viking killer, I think. Yeah, um, and now they don't have him. Oh, They're wow. really thin on the defensive line. Interesting, yeah. So that's, I guess, the other part of the game is um, the Vikings have a rookie in his second start, by the way. Christian Derrissaw will be starting um, over Rashad Hill, who's been a catastrophe, which also that pressure has kind of stymied the offense a lot. And yeah. when they can block, the offense has been phenomenal. Um, and when they can't block, you know, that's when the, the Kirk Cousins problems start to rear their ugly heads. But if you can kind of back off, take Justin Jefferson away, bracket him, do whatever you have to to make sure that he isn't getting, you know, a big, deep post on you. Um, I think that's like the key to beating the Vikings is do that and then watch Kirk Cousins check down 10 times in the game. And Dallas is fine with that. But I think they're going to try to apply as much pressure as possible I think from a Cowboys yeah. perspective, we're really interested to see where Micah Parsons play uh, plays. Do they use him on the edge to try to create some pressure, or do they use him as a middle linebacker to help try to take away the run game? I think where Parsons plays will kind of give you an idea of what the Cowboys think about the Vikings' offense and as a whole, and especially Kirk Cousins. It's interesting. Like if I were preparing, if I were in the in the Cowboys' room, I would tell him not to do that, not to not to blitz all day, because what yeah. what we saw when they played Seattle. Um, if you watch that week three Seattle mm-hmm. game, um, they blitzed and stunted and gamed and did all this stuff. And the offensive line basically blocked everything up and the Seahawks got absolutely wrecked by the, they moved the ball every, every down. Um, and the next week Cleveland came to town and Cleveland is this rush for man up team that doesn't do anything fancy at all. And the Vikings just totally screeched to a halt. Um, if you can get pressure with four, that kills the that is this kills the Viking, um, but blitzing That's like the they, they've Dallas. been really good at throwing hot. They've been really good at their blitz yeah. counters and at, at adjusting their protections and stuff. Um, and and I so yeah, I don't know if that's the game plan against the Vikings, well, but if that's the way they want to play, it's the identity. It's the identity. Right, right. What's going to be tough about the Cowboys is they don't get a lot of pressure with four unless it's Randy Gregory just screaming off the edge. Hmm. The other three guys just don't do a ton. Os- Osa Digizua is a pretty good run defender. Offers a little bit as a pass rusher. The other guys don't really give you anything. So I think if you're a Cowboy fan, you're worried that they block Randy Gregory and Cousins has all day to throw and he picks you apart. Uh, I'm really curious to see how Dan Quinn tries to attack them. Yeah, I'm very curious about that because I think so far, like heavy blitz teams have just not done as well against the Vikings. They're just, they just have their pressure counters kind of well set. Yep. Um, but they don't have it very well set if you can rush for and beat the line. And the line, I mean, the Vikings offensive line has been a bugaboo for forever. So if you have a good, strong, powerful nose tackle, you can walk Garrett Bradbury right back into Cousins' lap. And, you know, if you can do that, then, yeah, keep seven in coverage and, and take away the hot read. And then suddenly, you know, that's where you can spark the disasters. Um, yeah, I don't know. How do you think this one's going to go? Currently at Bet Online, uh, Cowboys two-point favorites, road favorites, Sunday Night Football. What do you think? I think this is a really close game. Like, I, I really don't see Dallas blowing them out. And I don't necessarily see Minnesota blowing Dallas out either, just because Dallas does have a really good offense. But 
It feels like a game, Luke, that comes down to the final possession and final kick. Um, and I actually oh, no. think I, I lean oh, no. Minnesota here. I know, talking about kickers here between these two teams is atrocious. But uh, <laughs> I think I do lean Minnesota, but it, it, I think it's a coin flip game. That's really the way I would I'd call it. I think so. Here's the thing about the Vikings: they are they they took the Seahawks mantle of being incapable of playing a normal game. They five, six games, five of them have come down to the final play. Hmm. Um, it's insane. It's exhausting, and I apologize for your oncoming lack of faith in the sport. Uh, <laughs> that said, I think I agree. This come this one's coming down to the final play. I just don't see a world where it doesn't. Um, you know, prime time game. This is this is coming down to the final play. Um, I don't know. I think I'm a little bit too worried about that run game without Michael Pierce. I'm a little bit too worried about the cornerbacks. So I'm I'm not feeling it great. But I I think that two point spread is appropriate. I guess that's yeah. where I'll put this. I would yeah. I would lean Point's Cowboys like, a little bit, right? Um, but not a lot. And I mean, it's gonna can, be a close game. Anything can happen. Can we also say that this game is way more important for Minnesota than it is for Dallas? Dallas is minus oh, two thousand yeah. to make the playoffs right now. Like the division can, is over. Oh, I mean, they could sleepwalk to Thanksgiving and they're going to win the division, right? There's a chance, yeah. but there's a chance, but before they play this game on Sunday, that the best team in their division is two and six outside of Dallas. Like, like that's a good like, chance, it's, right? It, like, it's a very good chance. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's so many catastrophic teams in the NFC. This is, I mean, this is going to be the two seven game, right? We're we're meeting up in January again, baby. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's a great chance. I mean, you think the Minnesota is only going to be a seven seed? They might be the sixth seed in this. They uh, seem, conference. they seem like cosmically destined to be the seventh seed specifically. So I, I see. I kind of think Dallas is going to settle into like the three seed because I don't know if okay, they're going to be go. able to. They just the problem with the Cowboys' schedule is so soft that and the the division is so bad. I just think they're going to let their foot off the pedal a little bit once the one seed gets taken away from yeah. them, right? We could get to December, Luke, and they've already clinched the division. And how do you play the final five games of the year knowing that it really doesn't matter if you're the two or three seeds? So, I mean, I it think gives you Vi- a chance at the one, right? Like, the Cardinals can't do this forever. No, but I, I think Tampa Bay is going to do it. Their schedule is okay, so sure. soft. And, and they Dallas already one, doesn't yeah, have yeah. a tiebreaker with them. But I, to me, this feels like Vikings-Packers first round of the playoffs. I'm just, just telling you right now. Oh, give it to me. Let's go to Lambeau and get weird. <laughs> Well, hey, Marcus, uh, thanks so much for doing this crossover Thursday. This is a great conversation. Um, of course, we'll, uh, we'll talk on Tuesday, right? Yeah, we'll talk on Tuesday, and we'll, t- we'll probably talk in January for some weird Nickelodeon game. I can't wait. <laughs> All right, cheers. <laughs>